There's already more than half a million drones that have been registered in the US. There's nothing quite like a flying robot delivering a package into your hands within minutes of placing an order. That is a magical experience. Welcome to Moonshot, I'm Christopher Lawson, and you just heard a Bloomberg Technology video with Matt Sweeney. He's the co-founder and CEO of Flirty. They're one of the first companies to receive regulatory approval in the US to deliver goods with drones, as part of the FAA's Unmanned Aircraft Systems Integration Pilot Program. And you may have guessed, but in this episode of Moonshot, we're talking drone delivery. Many companies are out there pushing to have drone delivery technology become the new way of sending packaged goods, and many aviation authorities are trialling the technology. But there are many questions that still need to be answered, such as where can they fly, how will they avoid injuring people on the ground, what happens in the event of an emergency, and what do we do about all the noise? And we'll explore some of these issues right after a word from our sponsors. Christopher, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Come in. Thanks. This is the place. You can see this is uh, this is where we did the video. Since then, I got the pergola on and the fence up. This is Tim French. He's a drone enthusiast from Sunbury, a town just north of Melbourne, Australia, and he became a bit of a local celebrity in 2016 when he decided to fly his drone across to a local hardware chain called Bunnings for the sole purpose of collecting a sausage. Well, dropping into Bunnings for a sausage is a Saturday tradition for many Australians, but a Sunbury man is facing a hefty fine from the aviation regulator after sending his drone to pick up a snag from the comfort of his hot tub. That was news anchor Peter Mitchell from Australia's Channel 7 News. And we should just clarify that a snag is Australian slang for a sausage placed in bread with some sauce, similar to what Americans would call a hot dog. Tim is an electrician by trade who enjoys a bit of videography on the side. He has a YouTube channel and most of his videos are short, funny clips from news stories. But one day he was talking with some friends and they were feeling a little bit hungry. So like all good Australians... They wanted a sausage. Tim from Melbourne didn't want to move from his spa, so he sent his drone to the sausage sizzle at his local Bunnings. Then God bless the people at Bunnings. They've taken the two bucks out, put the little sausage in the bread, and he's flown that bad boy back to his house. Isn't that the most hilarious? I love this guy! When news.com.au got hold of it, and uh, my mate said there's all these news vans out the front of your house, I was like, really? For like a video we shot in like a couple of hours for just a bit of fun, like just crazy. Tim was an early fan of drones. His interest first started when he discovered the DJI Phantom. These particular drones were designed for your everyday person and had a spot for mounting your GoPro camera so you could film great video wherever you flew. No one really had had them at the time, so to see, see it just flying around and just being stable and you can just let go of the control and it stays in there was crazy. I mean, the only other thing was remote control aeroplanes and you got to sort of know what you're doing to fly those. So when all my mates seen this, I was like, wow, this, this thing's amazing. What, what can we do with it? So then we started tying things to it and seeing how high it can go within legal reason. And uh, don't want to say too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're doing crazy things with it at my um, parents' house on a bit of land. What kinds of things were you tying to it? Oh, uh, we're, we're tying like beers to it and flying it just over the paddock and back to us. 
and we were tying like the dog's ball to it. There's a dog was chasing it and we are flying it around the paddock. We attached Australia flag on Australia Day and we are flying it round, just sort of around over, over a couple of paddocks. And um, as I was lowering it, descending to land, the flag actually went up. It got sucked into the propellers and that was my first crash. Came tumbling down and smashed up. So then it was time to get a new one after that one. Fast forward a couple of years and Tim had built up a love of drones. He'd obviously gotten a new drone himself and he'd been doing plenty of flying with that. And he was also tinkering around to build his own creations. And he'd just moved to a new house, which was just over 1.5 kilometres from Bunnings, or a little over a mile. And that's when inspiration struck. Most Bunnings stores in Australia hold a sausage sizzle every weekend. It's an iconic Australian tradition that is used as a way to raise funds for local charities. And despite the news reports at the time, there was actually some planning involved in making sure the stunt would all come together as planned. We worded them up and said, look, this is what's going to happen. Are you happy to do it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, So we waited weeks and weeks for the perfect day where the sun was out and there was no wind. Um, it was a, bit of, a little bit of planning like for flight paths and we wanted to, obviously safety was a concern. You don't want to fly too close to people, which ended up biting it, biting us in the ass at the end. But <laughs> So the people that were running the sausage sizzle were like totally unfazed by the idea of you sending a drone across? They were a little bit confused. Like they just thought, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Like without really thinking about what was actually going to happen, they, I think they thought we might have been sort of, sort of joking. But then when they seen it, they seen it arrive. Um, one of them's like, okay, we better we better do what he asks because they're filming. So <laughs> we obviously had a guy down there filming it to, so we could make the video up. Well, what were the logistics of, of actually uh, getting the sausage? We obviously had to test that it could handle one. So we just attached a rope with like a sandwich bag. We tested that it would, could fly safely with it attached so it didn't bring it down or anything. That seemed to work fine. So then we, um, we attached the money in the bag. We sent it up about... 30, 40 metres up, not not high, just sort of out of the way of everything. Uh, sent it over and they um, took the bag off, took the money, attached the snag and um, sent it back up. Well, I took it back up, but they attached it and we flew it back up. At first, Tim wasn't too sure if all that planning and work was really worth it. The drone had successfully filmed and delivered the food to his hot tub and he'd put together a video and posted it to YouTube. But only a few people had actually reacted to it. And then he noticed a comment from Australia's Civil Aviation Safety Authority, or CASA. The Civil Aviation Safety Authority commented and said this video is under investigation. And we're like, okay, we don't know what that means. So we did a bit of research and turns out, yeah, they can give some pretty good fines and stuff. And then a, a website, EFTM, got hold of it and they did a news article on it. So they were sort of the first ones. And once they did their sort of small news outlet, once they picked it up, I think news.com.au and all the other news articles sort of looked at them, thought this is a great story, and then they started running with it. As more and more media outlets began to cover the story, it started getting a lot of traction, and many of these articles referenced a potential 9000 Australian dollar fine. So they deleted the video and hoped the media storm would die down, and with it the investigation. We deleted it off online and then everyone sort of wanted to see it, and I think the Civil Aviation Safety had a copy of it and they, they ended up sharing it with all the news agencies, 7 News and Channel 9 News. So then they all played on their 6pm headlines. So, right. um, yeah, it did fuel it a fair bit. Right. And did CASA call you and and ask, like, what's going on or what happened there? Uh, well, I ended up calling them because 
I wanted to just see what was going on because as far as I knew, they were investigating and, and they just said on the news was potential fine. So I called them up and they said, oh, it's going to be a long investigation. I said, well, for a two-minute video, it's going to be a long investigation. So he goes, that's that's the way we do it. So I said, okay. And um, I think it was about two months later, $900 fine in the mail. While a $900 fine is better than the $9,000 maximum, Tim had thought he would just get away with a warning. But in the end, it didn't really matter, because the footage had driven so much media attention that the Today Show, a morning program that broadcasts nationally, and its star presenter at the time, Carl Stefanovic, picked up the tab. Carl Stefanovic basically paid the fine anyway, so we weren't too upset with it. <laughs> <laughs> he paid it for you. Yeah, um, oh, there was a bit of sort of an agreement to go on the, the Today Show and do a, do a speech with the, in regards to if there's any fines, so we sort of came to an agreement. Can't really discuss figures, but yeah, we came to an agreement. Tim now has a big frame on the wall in his house filled with all the newspaper clippings and photos of his 15 minutes in the sunlight. He proudly shows this to visitors that come to his home. So the main one's just a picture with me and uh, Carl Stefanovic. That was that was a Today Show. That was when they sort of they picked me up in a limo. The morning it sort of all blew up, and the guy came out and he opened the door for me. Like the first time in my life actually felt like really important. Um, so that was crazy. Um, this one we got the Seven News article. That was sort of the day it came out. That had three million, two point eight views. A um, couple of out of the Heralds. I think that was the Age. That was the Herald Sun. Uh, just. Lots of memes that people made up. Um, it's just when you do a search, all the different news articles. What's your favourite one of the memes? Um, I like this one. Um, it was the Bart vs Australia episode where this, the uh, Bart got a $9,000 fine for calling America. And it was the same scenario where the Aussie guy got the $9,000 due fine for sending a drone to Bunnings for a snag. So that one really made me and lots of people laugh. So. Since 2016, Tim has moved on from the media spotlight, but still continues to build drones. He even won a competition for the largest homemade drone in the Southern Hemisphere. It could carry 100 kilograms and had enough power to start 16 V8 engines. Yeah, just it's just a hobby, you know, like people build cars and people build, you know, every, every, anything. So I'm just into drones. Tim is definitely not alone in his love of drones. Many companies around the world, from Alphabet's Wing to Amazon Prime, are all attempting drone delivery. While drones can seem like toys to the uninformed, these companies envisage a time when there are large fleets of these flying machines automatically delivering products to your door in minutes. In 2016, Amazon demonstrated Prime Air, an in-house drone delivery service. The aim is that Prime Air will eventually speed up your package delivery, allowing you to receive parcels with fully autonomous drones. And they even brought in the Grand Tour host, Jeremy Clarkson, to talk about the wonders of this new tech. And in a location not too far away, a miracle of modern technology is dispatched. It's an Amazon drone, and after rising vertically like a helicopter to nearly 400 feet, this amazing hybrid design assumes a horizontal orientation and becomes a streamlined and fast airplane. In time, there'll be a whole family of Amazon drones, different designs for different environments. Amazon unfortunately missed out on receiving approval to fly under the same FAA program that Flirty was approved for. But the company is still working to make the technology happen. 
However, Chinese retailer JD.com is making big strides in the space. The retailer already boasts over 300,000 minutes of flight time and has drones in multiple sizes and styles. They're also planning to launch a service in Japan and have been doing testing in Indonesia. Yes, after years of talk about everything from duvets to dog food making its way directly to you through the skies, it's starting to happen. Other companies like Alphabet's Project Wing are actively testing their system in regional Australia. Wing has received an exemption from local aviation regulations during the testing period. Residents in the service zone near Canberra can get coffee or Mexican food delivered to their backyard in minutes. We want to make it easy, cheaper, more environmentally friendly to receive packages, items, whatever you may need. And if we can increase the access and availability of items to anyone across the globe, whether you're in a disaster zone or you're stuck at home at night and need some medicine for a child, whatever it may happen to be, we aim to make it easy and effective to receive things in a moment's notice. While some customers love the quick and efficient service, others are not too pleased. Jane Gillespie is a member of the group Beniathan Against Drones, or BAD. In a Wall Street Journal video, she said the drones just started flying with no warning, and members of the local community are concerned as to what data Wing is actually collecting. It's like an F1 Formula racing car. It's absolutely irritating. And that problem with noise is a big one. We reached out to Wing for comment, however, we were not able to get anybody from the company to speak with us. They have, however, said in other interviews that noise is an issue that the company is working on. But what that actually means, nobody knows. And right after this break, we'll speak with the founder of a company who actually has a working drone delivery service in Iceland. Welcome back to Moonshot, I'm Christopher Lawson. And before the break, we were exploring some of the companies that are playing in this drone delivery space. And one of the operators hoping to get this right is an Israeli startup called Flytrax. So yes, we've got more autos, but because the uh, the propellers are much bigger, the RPM, the rounds per minute, is a lot lower, which means that the frequency that they're generating is lower. And usually a lower frequency is more, it's, it's, it's nicer to your ears and it's not like a beep, but more like a hum. That was Yariv Bash from Flytrax, explaining how the size of their drone propellers can create a more appealing sound and perhaps help deal with some of the issues around noise. Unlike many other drone companies, Flytrax does not make their own drones, but actually get a custom setup from a manufacturer. One company that has been at the forefront of the commercial drone production and development is DJI. Founded in 2006, DJI has become the industry leader for all kinds of drones. Their drones have been designed for use in multiple industries from media to agriculture and even public safety. The variety of design options make it easy for companies like Flytrex, who see themselves primarily as a software company, to then find commercial drones that they can adapt to fit their needs. So the uh, the drones that we're currently using can uh, uh, perform deliveries of up to 5 kilometers or 10 kilometers back and forth, and with payloads of of up to roughly 3 kilograms. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, drones we're currently using cannot fly in the rain. 
But we already evaluating a new one. We basically we, we do not produce drones. We like FedEx. We we buy them. We evaluating a new drone that will be able to carry payloads of up to five kilograms or maybe even more to further distances and even fly in heavy rain. And that's a pretty pretty important uh, for instance in Reykjavik. Flytrex have been working with online retailer AHA to deliver parcels to residents in Reykjavik, Iceland. It may seem like an unlikely partnership, but the layout of the city makes it the ideal candidate. A wide river cuts the city in two parts, making regular delivery services expensive and time-consuming. Well, we chose Iceland and basically Iceland chose us uh, based on a few parameters. We were looking at Western countries where people are willing to pay a few dollars for their deliveries. Uh, we were looking for strong local partners who have the uh, resources and the motivation uh, to push a, a drone delivery project. And we also looked for a, a regulator who's uh, willing to uh, to work with us and, and uh, make the future happen. And I think that Iceland was the, uh, the first country that we found that answered all of those parameters. Flytrex currently deliver to roughly a dozen public locations where customers can go to pick up their parcel. So you won't be getting the parcel delivered to your house, but you'll be able to get your goods delivered to a location near where you are. And all you have to do is select what you want. It could be a hamburger or uh, a a network router, and you can pay for it online. And just select one of those public locations on a map. And next, you can see the drone on a map in real time arriving to your location. Once it arrives, our drone lowers to roughly 15 to 20 meters. It hovers at that altitude and then lowers the, uh, the package on a cable to the ground. We will never land near an end customer. It's a lot safer and quieter staying in the air. The service does eventually aim to get to the stage of backyard delivery. But this goal of quick, efficient delivery is something that the medical field is also paying attention to. Zipline is a blood delivery service that uses drones to drop blood at hospitals and health centres. Keller Renato, CEO of Zipline, did a TED Talk in 2017 explaining how his company has improved medical services in Rwanda. Because doctors can get what they need instantly, they actually stock less blood at the hospitals. So although use of blood products has increased substantially at all the hospitals we serve, in the last nine months, zero units of blood have expired at any of these hospitals. Other companies like Melbourne-based Swoop Aero are working to deliver medical supplies to isolated communities in Vanuatu. We were really hoping to bring you the story of Swoop Aero, and we scheduled an interview with the CEO, Eric Peck. However, he didn't turn up at the interview time and stopped responding to communications. So at this point, we actually have no idea what happened. Outside of the medical field, companies like Airbus are testing a combination of drones and robots. In 2018, Airbus helicopter demonstrated their first successful flight. At the demonstration, Leo Gio, who leads the Airbus Skyways program, explained that the company is taking the first step towards an urban air mobility strategy. The drone would then autonomously navigate itself to the target parcel station, and through the, the parcel station system, which is actually a robotic arm, it actually automatically downloads the parcel into the target locker, and notifies the customer that your parcel is there and you can pick it up anytime that you want to in this locker. But drone delivery is not just about getting robots in the sky. Many companies see this as a way to improve safety and efficiency in a way that just can't be achieved with cars and trucks. 
how do you deal with like public safety? I know you said the drone doesn't go to the ground, but what about in terms of a failsafe for if something happens to the drone in the air? How are you dealing with those issues? So that, that's, of course, uh, one of the uh, key things that are on our minds 24-7, um, making sure that uh, no one on the ground or in the air will, will be hit by one of our drones. And I can surprise you that even today, when we're only getting started, the uh, premium or the, uh, the cost that I pay for my third-party liability insurance is already half of what an Uber driver pays for his car. So these drones are already a lot safer than the, uh, the, the alternative of someone driving in a car, and they're only going to get safer. So you're saying that um, the insurance companies are seeing your drones as being less of a risk than someone driving a car. Ah, just to think about it, you're ordering a hamburger, let's say, and then there's a, then there's a guy driving a one-ton or one-and-a-half-ton uh, car all the way to your house. Uh, do you know how much he slept last night? Or maybe he's texting while driving? Or he just had a fight with his girlfriend? Uh, those drones weigh a lot less um, the, the maximum... Takeoff currently, the maximum takeoff weight of our drones is 15 kilograms or so, and they're just a lot smaller and and a lot safer than than any alternative. Plus, on the drones themselves, we've got many layers of of redundancies. Uh, we've got six motors. If one of them fails, the drone just comes back home. We've got six batteries. If one of the batteries fails, we come back home. We've got three GPS receivers. Each one can support GPS and GLONASS the Russian system. We've got three IMUs or uh, magnetic sensors and accelerometers. Uh, on top of that, uh, we're now integrating a, a parachute that deploys on its own. So that's an independent system able to uh, shut down the power to our drone and uh, shoot a parachute in case all else fails. Uh, so in terms of safety, these are things that we, uh, we, we don't take lightly. These delivery robots of the sky have not yet taken off as many tech companies envisioned, but the hope is that they will happen soon. Once all the regulation and issues around air traffic are dealt with, it's highly probable that you'll see a drone delivery service operating in a city near you. So if you ever feel the desire for a barbecue sausage in a split second, just wait, it may actually be sooner than you think. I haven't actually thought about it actually happening like properly organised, but who knows in 10 years. Um, I'm sure it might not be Bunnings doing them, but there'll be a company that, that'll do sausages. I mean, at the end of the day, drone deliveries are happening and it's not going to be long before we can just look up and you'll see them in the air. This episode of Moonshot was hosted and edited by me, Christopher Lawson, with scripting and research by Jasmine Mee Lee. Additional production from Caroline Ho. Our theme music is by the amazing Breakmaster Cylinder, and our cover artwork is by the very talented Andrew Millist. If you've got a great story that you'd love us to cover on Moonshot, or just some feedback in general, send us an email to moonshot at lawson.media, or find us on Twitter. Just search for Moonshot Pod. We'll be back in a few weeks' time with another episode of Moonshot, but stay tuned to your feeds because we've got a brand new podcast series launching soon and we'll bring you a trailer in the next week. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>